0: This is the Cognitive History Podcast, where we explain historical events in order to understand their importance. The less heard of, the better. Without further ado, let's get into exploring the obscure. back everyone to cognitive history podcast as introduced by our intro um uh, i swear one day i'll get actually good at doing the introduction portion of this at any rate i'm your host kevin and i'm here as always with my co-host logan
1: good morning everyone
0: logan sounding a bit more clear he he got himself some new equipment so oh, uh yeah.
1: we're getting professional over here
0: at, at least semi-professional yeah so, uh, <laughs> at any rate, other than getting new equipment, how have you been, Logan? Eh,
1: been better. Been worse. Fair it's point. Another fun day in the Georgia summer.
0: Oh, oh, God, yeah. it's It's been pretty hot here, too. Um, uh, yesterday, it was... Uh, God, what was it? 91 degrees with same. a... It feels like 106, said the Weather Channel app. Oh,
1: well, felt like 130 to me, but I don't know what Weather Channel said.
0: So I, we, we have this one area at work where we have to get in. It, it's a metal door. We have some maintenance that we have to do there like every day. Yeah, And so it was so hot outside that the metal door had expanded to the point where we couldn't <laughs> open it anymore.
1: Oh, you got to love it.
0: Yeah, it's it was awful. Mm. Um, but other than suffering in the heat, I've been pretty good. Uh, I've been getting some stuff done for my marriage. Hopefully I'll have that uh, finalized, at least legally. I'm still going to have a ceremony and a party and all that but
1: sweet. Congratulations.
0: Thank you. Yeah. Hopefully I'll be able to get that done, uh, next week.
1: Awesome. So soon.
0: Yep. Uh, Ugh. so. On to the topic for today. Uh, fantastic topic. You're going to oh, love yes. it. We're the first we think. Yeah. I can't find anyone else on Spotify, at least to have, uh, some combination of the title that we have or the other terms for the event that we're going to be covering today um i can't find anything about on spotify so maybe we're the first we'll see fingers Um, crossed so yeah um today we're continuing with the history of christianity in japan and where we left off with was the death of Matsukura Shigemasa at the Obama hot springs going home from making martyrs of some Japanese Christians like you do yep and before we get into the meat and potatoes of today I do want to say that there's a decent amount that I had to gloss over when making my notes, I researched all of it, but I had to, I had to gloss over some bits of it because it's either too monotonous or if I included that content, it we'd run for way too long.
1: Fair enough. And of course you should never just take what we say about these historical events as pure fact. As much as we try, there's always going to be something we miss so always do your own research and correct us if we're wrong.
0: Oh, yes, yes. Um, and, and that's one of the things that you run into with history, too. Like, it, despite every historian attempting to go at something and cover a topic in its entirety, they'll either definitely miss something here or there, or they might, you know, include their inherent bias into the topic that they're talking about.
1: Absolutely.
0: But so the main topic for today is going to be the Shimabara rebellion, or the Amaksa rebellion, Amaksa Shimabara rebellion, it's there's a few names for it. Um, The Japanese term, how it's referred to is typically shimabara noran, which is the rebellion of Shimabara. Hmm. So at any rate, after Matsukura Shigemasa died, he was quickly replaced by his son, who is twenty-seven year old Matsukura Shigetsugu, or Matsukura Katsuye. It's he's known by both, I think. If you are researching into him, you're going to come up with more info if you look Katsuye, But my source referred to him as Shigetsugu. But he was entirely inexperienced in being the head of a household and the lord of a domain. Mm-hmm. So that shows that his dad didn't really train him at all, which is not good. <laughs> but he was uh he was a little hot-headed he it there's this weird note in my source that he reevaluated his rice wealth to double the amount that it was so your your wealth in this time in japan was dependent on your land and how many koku of rice you could produce hmm. and so if you were in charge of a domain you would want to produce as many koku of rice as you could and that determined things like uh, the things you were obligated to do and the amount of soldiers you could have I can't remember if I covered that in our last episode, but I did want to give a quick refresher on that. Wow. But yeah, so he, he lied about that. Uh, I think he his land was worth 50,000 Koku, and he upped that to 100,000.
1: Okay, so he's uh, valuing his wealth the same way as the former president. I got all the rice.
0: Yeah, essentially. Yeah, he's...
1: <laughs> the best rice.
0: He's trumping rice. Um, (laughs) Not to get political. Just, you know, a a good joke's a good joke.
1: You can't help it. I mean, there's so much material.
0: Yeah, but... So much rice. That is uh, how Matsukura Shigetsugu do. Um, Yeah, so this... Through through increasing his uh, rice value he increased the size of his personal uh army i guess you could say Mm. his personal force uh and there's this weird note that like i guess the matsukura family wanted to make like an empire overseas or like they wanted to crop out some land overseas either in taiwan or the philippines one of the two wow again My source has a few odd notes in it, but I think they're interesting enough to include. Yeah. Just as a quick note.
1: It develops their character for you a little bit.
0: Yeah. So. Shigetsugu would also continue in the line that his father was doing. There's no mention of him specifically executing or torturing Christians, but it was definitely done. The, the main point against him though, is the fact that he increased the already heavy taxation that his father had done. Hmm. And one thing about this time period is the fact that there was bad weather already. So that meant that there were failing crops and locals were already from his father being taxed into starvation. Um, In Kumamoto, which is a nearby region, um, Hosokawa Tadatoshi noted that some people were leaving their farms to seek work in other areas after their crops had failed. And in the Amakusa Region, uh, which is ruled by House Terazawa, mm. uh, it was noted that people were scrabbling for roots and leaves in the mountainsides due to crop failure. Oh wow! Yeah, so these these people were being taxed into oblivion when they were already starving.
1: So that creates desperation.
0: Yes. And, so. Now that we're past the point of talking about his father, I'm just going to be referring to uh, Shigetsugu as Matsukura. So Matsukura, like I said, he raised taxes even more. He allegedly expected 60% of crops. And so taxes were typically paid in rice. That's why the koku was so important. So because of this high taxation rate that caused some farmers to pay in barley or wheat. And it caused an either even further few to, uh, start trying other cash crops, like the newly introduced tobacco and other things like that. Mm. And that definitely
1: gives new meaning to cash crops.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. But yeah. So, Taxing people who are already starving, not, generally speaking, a good idea if you want your people to, you know, respect you.
1: But an excellent idea if you want to start a rebellion.
0: Yep, and we will get into that coming up soon. So, we're in the year. So, I I do have to admit, we're going to be jumping around in years a bit here. So sixteen thirty-seven was the final year that Masakura was able to tax his people. Um was able to. Yeah, well I'll I'll get into that in a bit. I'm foreshadowing. Calling it forward.
1: Dun, dun, dun.
0: But he charged people with um seven years of back taxes. Oh, And an additional 300 koku of rice for a ship that wrecked on its way to Kyoto. Mm. So, yeah. Hey, I know you can't pay me, but pay me for all the other years that you couldn't pay me. (laughs) Generally not a good model.
1: No. That's been the foil of plenty of English kings.
0: Oh, yeah. And... I will get into that in just a little bit. But quick aside for a new character, a, ch- a new challenger approaches. So the main person of concern tonight is Amakusa Shiro or Amakusa Jerome, As his baptismal name was, I'm going to be going with Shiro because that's what most historical records will report. Mm. So he was born sometime in 1621. Uh, He is noted as having, quote, no pedigree. And his family had fallen on hard times. Uh, Not much is really known of his personal history. Other than his father was uh, Masuda Jinbei, who was a follower of Augustine Konishi, who was a Christian samurai who died at the Battle of Sekigahara.
1: Mm.
0: And so his baptismal name is Masuda Peter. And his mother is Watanabe Martha. Again, these Japanese and Western names are just jarring.
1: And they're picking baptismal names from very early saints. (laughs) Like, I'm talking like Jerome's from the 400s. You know, Peter's from the first century.
0: Yeah. Wow. So it,
1: it makes me wonder, honestly, how much these uh, priests that came over or the monks in the Franciscan aspect taught them about not just theology, but church history.
0: Uh, that's a good question. That would be something that I'd have to look more into. Admittedly, I'm lacking on that front in research. As am
1: I. But what? hey, if you're listening and you want something interesting to find out, there you go.
0: Yeah. So his parents had five, possibly more children. Again, there's a lot that's not known about Amakusa Shiro and his family. I also don't know why his family name is Amaksa instead of Masuda.
1: Is it correlated in any way to the region they came from?
0: Possibly. But I couldn't find anything out about that. There's because
1: that's a common occurrence for uh, Western peasants as well.
0: Well, and you'll see that a lot with even modern Japanese names like um, the animator. uh, Miyazaki Hayao, Mm -hmm. his surname is also the name of a city slash prefecture. Mm. But it's it's more common than one would think.
1: And I recall but, last episode you talked about how a good majority of the poor in Japan at this time did not have family names.
0: Right. And it's it's in the Edo period, which we are in now.
1: Because of Tokugawa?
0: Yes. Uh, but in, in this time frame, you see more people getting family names.
1: Okay. They're modernizing
0: in a way <laughs> but um yeah so they had five possibly more children their eldest was named regina and their youngest was named tsuru and uh, the name shiro in this case means um i thought it meant white initially because That's what Shiro is in Japanese, but the Mm. kanji is different. It means fourth son, so he would have been the fourth child.
1: They're very literal.
0: Uh, Yeah, that's how Japanese names were at the time. Hmm. But yeah, so his, his father, Peter, frequented an area named Oyano, and he gave sermons with a father, Pordorino. That's all that's really mentioned of Pordorino in my source. No idea really who he was or where he came from.
1: Probably could assume he was a Jesuit.
0: Probably, and he was definitely in hiding because, remember, at this point, Mm. foreign missionaries had been banned and expedited exiled from the country
1: did we mention the priest holes priest holes yeah so when the Anglican church took over in England a lot of secret Catholics began meeting and they would have like secret spaces in their houses where they could hide priests so that they wouldn't be found
0: oh so Japanese houses um, I don't know if They're structurally the same at this point, but they have a false flooring. So I want to say yes, Um, they could have potentially been hiding the priests underneath the tatami mats.
1: It's it's a good way of keeping it secret. Yes. And it's not the first time that the Catholic Church would have had to deal with such a thing.
0: Mm. Uh, so with this Peter traveled a lot and it's thought that Shiro would have been traveling with him during this time but there's a lot we don't really know there's also rumors that Shiro was the um sandal bearer for a samurai but um the term for sandal bearer, which I cannot remember, also was a bit of a euphemism that Mm. meant um, it was a boy who traveled with the samurai and they would get into. um, For the day or for modern times, very inappropriate things. Call about
1: the last episode.
0: Yep that that pederasty that I mentioned. Yep. But given The um, Christian nature of Peter, it would lead one to assume that he kind of wouldn't be cool with his son getting boinked by a samurai.
1: You would hope not.
0: I'd hope not. I mean, there's Um, always
1: the possibility that he allowed it simply to hide their Christian nature.
0: That's true. but But...
1: But I don't know how much he was trying to hide.
0: Yeah, again, I'd like to hope not. So th- there's also the possibility that in all these travels with his father, Shiro was going to school in Oyano. Again, a lot of this isn't unknown. But there are Stories about Shiro that he had done miracles like uh, there's one where he's giving a sermon alongside his father and he holds his hand up, a bird lands in his hand, lays an egg and flies away, saying Zui so Zui so Zui so, which means roughly translated good omen. Hmm. And there's also rumors that he had some sort of skin disease that comes out later when his mother and uncle are in captivity, but it's not known what skin disease he had or if he even had one, they were just trying, they were just telling the story to get sympathy points. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: But yeah, so it's also noted that Shiro was also very intelligent for his age, which is where the thought that he was going to school in Oyano comes in.
1: Makes sense.
0: Yeah. And so, end of that aside. There's a lot of... Uh, how do you say? There's a lot of things that happen starting in 1635 that kind of lead into the rebellion a bit Hmm. so in the summer of 1635 there is an earthquake in edo and i've mentioned before that edo is modern day tokyo and a month after the earthquake in edo there is a large typhoon in northern kyushu That left thousands of homeless, and it further devastated the crops that had already been in famine, which is just what we need. Oh, yeah. In January of 19, or sorry, 1636, there were heavy rains that washed away boundary walls of the Shogun's Palace in Edo, Wow. Following that, there was a drought until August. <laughs> In August, there was more heavy rain that did more damage.
1: Mm. From one extreme to the other.
0: Yeah. Never, never good.
1: Mm. And the worst uh,
0: possible timing. Yes. So... Aside from natural disasters or natural phenomena. No, I can call them disasters. Um, It's disastrous. Yeah. Uh, In 1636, all foreigners except licensed traders were banned on pain of death from Japan. And the only place that those licensed traders could go was Nagasaki and Hirado. And it should be noted that most of these traders are going to be Dutch because the Dutch were primarily Protestant. Mm-hmm. And so it wasn't really a thing for Protestants to really care as much about stepping on an image of Jesus at this point in time. So th- again, bringing up the fumier, um, which was a metal plate that had either jesus's picture mary's picture or some other saint on the plate and in order to step foot on japanese soil you had to first step foot onto this uh, image of jesus or some big figure in christianity Hmm. so yeah the dutch Didn't really care. uh,
1: Yeah, Protestants don't really hold Mary in as high regard as Catholics do, nor do they recognize the saints in the same regard.
0: Right. And the Dutch were... um, They weren't trying to do missionary work. They were trying to build a bit of an empire, or at least Mm -hmm. fill the coffers of their uh, country. So... And to, to show... How well followed this was, Nagasaki exiled 276 newly illegal aliens on a boat to Macau. Mm. And that was done by a magistrate in Nagasaki. And he even exiled his Chinese wife and his child. He took it seriously. Yeah. Well, again... I would rather my wife be exiled from a country than dead.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's for sure.
0: Yeah. So then in January of 1637, there was a solar eclipse that officials, when they saw it, they were so afraid. They prevented the emperor from holding the sacrifice to the gods or banquet with officials at the start of the new year mm. new calendar year because at this point in time i think japan was still going off of the lunar new year okay uh then in may there was a quote fireball seen in the sky and followed by more heavy rains and there is an earthquake in edo in july more bad omens wow so like all of this led to the shogun who at this point is uh tokugawa Iemitsu, the grandson of tokugawa ieyasu so this led to him basically looking for a scapegoat for everything
1: pulling a full-on nero Yeah, pretty much.
0: Christians,
1: they've cursed us. They're not worshipping our gods, our kami. Yeah.
0: And it should also be noted that um, during this time, there were the skies were unnaturally red. Mm. And that was caused by nowadays. We know that um, there was a lot of dust being kicked up in Central Asia and being carried on the winds. And that affected sunrises and sunsets. It made the skies look like they were ablaze. Wow. So, Logan, how do you like apocalyptic documents?
1: Oh, you know. I like them more than ancient aliens.
0: Uh, everyone should like everything more than ancient aliens. But um, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not here to jab at the Discovery Channel.
1: I'm a Christian, man. You know I love my apocalyptic.
0: (laughs) You said it. You said it, not me.
1: (laughs) Dude, the last book in the Bible is literally called The Apocalypse of John.
0: So, there's There's at least eight books
1: referencing the end of the world.
0: Yeah. Plus, uh, you can count on like, I don't know. It, you, it would, you'd need more hands and feet in order to count the number of times throughout history. Christians have tried to uh, say that the apocalypse is coming, not oh, to malign, yeah. not to malign our Christian audience. I'm just saying, <laughs> no, it's no happened not a lot,
1: n- not all Christians, but you also have to recognize that there was a thing in the 1800s called the great disappointment where a bunch of people stood on a mountain waiting for angels to descend and bring the Lord with them.
0: Yep. Also so a great called AFI the great song. Disappointment. Yeah.
1: Amazing AFI song. Probably the best one they ever did, but it's called the great disappointment because they all stood there waiting and nothing happened.
0: So at this point in time, there was a document called the mirror of the future. It was full of predictions of the year 1638.
1: Mm.
0: It was allegedly penned in 1614.
1: But
0: yeah, there's no reference of it in the historical record until 1637. Convenient. And given, I'm going to read it off in just a second, but given all of those natural disasters I think it's kind of plain to see that saying it goes back to 1614 is probably a bit of a historical hoax. Yeah. So the document read and bear with me, cause it's going to take a minute quote when five by five years have passed, Japan will see a remarkable youth all knowing without study. See his sign in the sky in the east and west the clouds will burn will burn red dead trees shall burn or shall shall put forth flowers men shall wear the cross on their heads white flags shall flutter on the sea fires engulf fields and mountains grass and trees to usher in the return of Christ, end quote. Huh. So it's definitely more artistic than, you know, your modern day apocalyptic writing. Yeah,
1: it's beautiful imagery.
0: Yeah, but still, apocalyptic writing is apocalyptic writing. Yep. So they started distributing that in 1637, given everything that was going on at the time. And Christians interpreted the omens as the anger of Deus and they felt it was time for the peasantry to rise in revolt of persecution and overtaxation. The result was a rebellion in Shimabara and Amaxa. Wow. So early incidents of the rebellion really aren't understood as seems to be the theme here. Mm -hmm. It's, it kind of goes into the fact that this event was pretty much washed out of the popular history of Japan for a long time. It pretty much wasn't talked about until, um, Japan ended their sakoku, which is their self-isolation. But. There's so there's two straws that break the camel's back here. One of them has two possible stories. I'm going to go over that one first. So you had two men who were named Kakuzo and Sankichi. They were Christians, and they had allegedly seen Amakusashiro's miracles. Uh, They held a religious ceremony, which was venerating a banned Christian image at a house in Arima. And when authorities were sent to make arrests, they were met with some opposition. One of them was lynched, and one of them escaped. That's Mm. the first possible story. The second one is that a man in Kuchinotsu hung a portrait and a man named uh, Hayashi Hazel tore it up and was immediately killed by a mob. Oh, wow. So, yeah, it's um, already we're filled with violence. Yeah. But, I mean, it kind of goes into the thing you're... These people are already burdened because they're not able to eat because of famines.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: They're not able to pay their taxes because of famines. They're being decimated by the weather. They're being decimated by the weather. They are being taxed even further, told to give seven years in back taxes. And the taxes being collected are food. Yes. Um, And just after that, you like Christianity had already been banned in Japan, but it was kind of like. To you some degree. You ban deg-
1: something, you make people want to do it more.
0: Yeah. And like to some degree, like obviously your higher up lords are definitely going to report people. Mm-hmm. But then like. Yeah, in this case, like who knows if Hayashi Hazel would have actually like reported this image. You don't know. Yeah. But you got to prevent yourself from uh, falling under that scrutiny if that is going to happen. Yep. But also the main point is like you're you're persecuting their religion. So obviously there's going to be some retaliation. Always. So, yeah, that's uh, that's one side of things. That's where one portion of the rebel forces comes from. Because obviously, whichever whichever incident is the true incident, after it happened, a mob formed, and then. Um, so, before I get into another incident. Um, It's possible for those two incidents that Matsukura was overemphasizing the Christian involvement in them. They had stated that there were. There are, quote, scattered local reports of a youth. Practicing strange teachings, he was told to stop. He didn't. So they executed him. So with that report going up to the shogunate, that prevents scrutiny from the shogun, prevents him from sending someone down and seeing how things are in the Shimabara domain. Mm-hmm. And so with that, you Matsukura is preventing his overtaxation of his people from being found out. So it's, it's double serving right and so,
1: so so these taxes were put forward by the local government
0: not yes the it
1: took shogunate
0: all of the taxes in the shimabara area that i'm talking about mm-hmm. they were all put in by the matsukura family in order to pay for shimabara castle because as as I mentioned in the last episode, that castle was incredibly expensive to build.
1: Mm-hmm. Think Japanese Versailles.
0: Yeah, kinda. Of. Um so the other inciting incident, this one is bad. How bad? Bad. so so you had this man named yozaemon he was a farmer in the kuchinotsu area he failed to pay a measly 30 koku of rice and so you'd think oh okay so what he's poor he's probably just your average farmer he was the wealthiest man in kuchinotsu so if he can't pay 30 koku of rice that kind of sets the whole thing that no one is able to mhm so even the rich are too broke yeah so there was a a local official named Tanaka Soho and he didn't really like that he wasn't able to get paid by Yozaemon. So he locked Yozaemon's pregnant daughter in law, very pregnant, by the way. The, my source notes, heavily pregnant.
1: Hmm.
0: He locked her in a water jail. What is a water jail? The audience collectively asks. It's a cage that is partially submerged in a stream. Partially. Yes. So you're not fully underwater. It's probably to the point where you're not really able to like sit down. Mm-hmm. But or or not lay down at least. You could probably sit, but regardless it's not going to be fun.
1: Yeah. Exhausting.
0: Yes. And so Yozaimon begged Tanaka to have a man take his daughter-in-law's place. And Tanaka replied, no, she was only going to be freed when the 30 Koku was paid. She was in the water jail for six days and six nights, after which she went into labor and died. Oh, wow. And um, so, obviously, the, the her son died as well, mm. and that ended Yozaemon's family line.
1: So he's furious.
0: Yeah, uh, he he was a he was a Sekigahara veteran, mm. and so that's that's a thing that you run into a lot with this is that a lot of these farmers were Sekigahara veterans which meant they were samurai who were turned into farmers so they were samurai at heart it's kind of like that whole saying with like there's no such thing as a for or as a former marine you're always a marine you weren't a former samurai you were always a samurai you were basically just waiting until the opportunity came up where you could fight again and you would fight again Mm mm-hmm so yeah, he appealed to his fellow Sekigahara veterans, probably around seventy or so, for help. They all agreed, and uh, they asked their friends, who were also Sekigahara veterans, to help, and they agreed, and that multiplied their force from about seventy to about seven hundred.
1: Wow, that was fast. Yeah,
0: yeah. Like, <laughs> don't don't end someone's family line. No. like it's not good
1: especially when they're a rich retired samurai
0: especially when that person's still alive like i'm 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 not saying to end someone's family line i literally just said not to but mm-hmm. if you are going to make sure everyone involved is dead
1: Mm-hmm. complete erasure yes not just uh the youngest
0: yeah that, that generally speaking, if the patriarch or matriarch is still alive, it's not going to end well for you.
1: No, no.
0: So they marched towards Tanaka Soho's residence and set fire to it. But unfortunately, <laughs> he escaped to Shimabara Castle. Ah. And they I marched the after him. On. Oh yeah, they marched after him. But um So yeah, Matsukura officials were suddenly being attacked all over Shimabara. Matsukura himself was away in Edo. Oh,
1: convenient.
0: Uh, Well, that's actually a thing that you ran into when uh, the Tokugawa shogunate came into power. They implemented this program to um, increase loyalty of the daimyo. Mm -hmm. And basically you would serve one year at your domain followed by one year in edo and your family was basically held prisoner in edo it ensured that you weren't going to be able to rebel Mm. at least as a daimyo you were going to be unable to rebel against the shogun
1: yeah makes sense
0: yeah and it's something they had to do given the fact that previous shogunates had all been overthrown by rebellions.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, yeah, Matsukura officials were being attacked all over Shimabara. And there was a Jesuit priest who was illegally in Japan at the time. I didn't write down his name, but. Um, he saw all of this happening and he made a sort of a mental note that all of this was because of tax collectors that like Christians in Japan had never revolted, mm-hmm. even though they were being persecuted against, which is true. Like there's a They just a reason. wanted
1: to worship peacefully and live their yeah. lives.
0: Yeah. And I mean, there's, there's a reason this is the first time I'm mentioning rebellion because it had never happened before. Sure. You had your Christians burning down temples and shrines, which not cool, but that's not a rebellion.
1: Yeah. That's an isolated
0: incident with a bunch of
1: extremists.
0: Yeah. And so despite the fact that this is mostly because of tax collectors, Christian sympathies shouldn't be outright expelled from thought because there were likely some Christian sympathies at play in some capacity in this.
1: Oh, I'm sure. Not one aspect of any of this is isolated. You have the natural disasters, the taxation, the persecutions. If somebody's going to get riled up, everybody's getting riled up to deal with this.
0: Exactly. And especially, I mean, mob rule is a thing. Mm-hmm. Once you have a bunch of people in a mob mentality, that mob mentality is going to continue. At least until someone's satisfied or turns on the others. Exactly. And so at some point, the uh, Shimabara and Amaksa communities, the rebel communities at least, ended up joining forces and they had amakusashiro as their ringleader and he was noted as being a quote messenger sent from heaven end quote thinks himself a prophet yes and now we have religious fervor in the mix which is Mm -hmm. never good nope so on the 9th of december 1937 Sorry, 19... 30, I, I did this in my notes, too. I kept putting 19 <laughs> instead of 16. 1637. These people did not live for 300 years in this rebellion.
1: No, 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 no.
0: So on the 9th of December, 1637. There we go. There's the right number. There is a secret meeting between Christian conspirators in the area. They met on this. Island known as Parley Island. It's a small little rock outcropping near Nagasaki. So. They made the plan that conspirators would gather in towns, proclaim their faith, set fire to temples and shrines to mark to their allies that the rebellion was underway. And so note the the martyrs from Nagasaki who were crucified, they were given sainthood mm-hmm. because they were martyred despite doing nothing. None of the people we'll be talking about today have been given sainthood because of the initial acts of violence. Makes sense. Yes. Yes. Um, that's one thing that I was wondering early on into this research. Like, wait, why weren't they given sainthood? Because they they killed people first.
1: They didn't turn the other
0: cheek. Not in any way. and We'll get into that. So um, on 12th December, a, there is a specific temple in Oyano. It, the name isn't mentioned in my source for a weird reason, but it says a specific temple. But uh, it was to be set on fire, quote, when the cock has crowed three times. Ah, I got to love that imagery. Yep. We, and we have to go for as many biblical references as we can.
1: Oh, yeah. I don't feel like I need to explain the three cock crows, but, you know, in case you don't know, Peter denied Christ three times before the cock crowed on the morning of his imprisonment
0: and execution. Yes. It's, it's good to have that background information. So, you know, the biblical reference, the start of persecution. So before that, on the 11th of December, uh, Okamoto Shinbei, who was the, um, stand-in for Matsukuro when he was going to be spending his year in edo mm-hmm. he sent out troops in response to reports of mobs in the area and i believe he only sent out 300 troops which is i mean that would be large enough to cover most peasant uprisings yeah but not in this case uh to quote one of his lieutenants uh, this is just an affray with farmers and will not amount to much. Just break through once and kill all without exception. End quote. <laughs> but what they ended up meeting was not a small group, but a thousand charging enemy rebels. And they were all wearing strange white clothes and they had crosses shaved into their foreheads. Oh, wow. Yeah. The soldiers, after a small skirmish, where they were... Um, they they uh, did not do so well in this small skirmish. They fled back to Shimavara Castle, and pretty soon after that, the rebels reached the castle gate. So I need to note here how shimabara castle was laid out so you had an outer wall and within that outer wall you had a small town where you had like merchants and the peasantry not Mm -hmm. not peasantry because they were not farmers but the trading classes the middle class lived within that castle wall right and past that you had another wall and that's where the main castle the main keep was so initially okamoto wanted for his troops to remain in the or within the outer wall but That didn't go over so well. And they ended up having to retreat into the inner wall.
1: Hmm.
0: And it pretty much was a stalemate for a few days. They neither side really moved in any direction. Wow. Yeah. And... So both forces ended up just along the way, they recruited more and more people who were more and more pissed off about the taxation or they were Christians, So they were being religiously persecuted
1: mm-hmm.
0: or some of the people who they ended up picking up identified with the Christian side of the cause. And yeah, there's, this is one of the sections that I glossed over because it does get a bit monotonous going into all of these little skirmishes. Yeah. But uh, there was a man named Sano Sozaemon, and he was at Shimabara Castle during the initial siege. Somehow he ended up breaking away, and he fled Shimabara, and he got to his domain in Mogi which is also near Himi.
1: Mm.
0: So despite pressure from Christians in the Nagasaki area, he refused to allow the rebellious forces to go through Mogi and Himi passes. And he is credited with single-handedly preventing the spread of the rebellion because if yeah if he had allowed the christian forces to go through either of those passes the rebellion potentially could have spread because i'm sure the shimabara domain was not the only domain that was seeing heavy taxes oh probably not yeah and you know regardless like oh are we going to overthrow the government so we're not taxed anymore? Yeah, let's do that. Oh, yeah. Uh, any, I'm I'm certain that any commoner would be on board with that.
1: Oh, off. of course. I mean, that's, so, a, that's common in history. That happens all the time.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's why the Magna Carta exists. Mm-hmm.
1: And it doesn't seem that the Tokugawa regime really cares.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah,
1: it's not like they're doing much as far as oversight, other than ensuring the daimyo don't revolt themselves.
0: Yeah, and I mean they they kind of couldn't really do much unless they received reports of things, but those reports came from the daimyo, and it. I mean as we can see if the daimyo is going to whitewash what they're doing in order to prevent a government official from coming down and inspecting their domain then mm-hmm. if they can do that they will do that that's literally what Matsukura did.
1: Oh yeah, everything's fine. Nothing nothing's wrong. Don't don't send the FBI. Mm-mm. Yeah. Nope. No, no. We're good.
0: Nothing to see here. Uh right, so yeah, they They would continue having small skirmishes and uprisings here and there. And by the 28th of December, uh, rebels began to abandon the siege of Shimabara Castle on orders from Amakusa Shiro. Mm. And they started going towards upper Amakusa by boat in order to attack a man named Miyake Tobe at Hondo Castle. And on the 29th of December, you have the Battle of Hondo, which is one of the things that's leading up to our main event. This, The Battle of Hondo, I didn't include all of the details for it, but it's really where you see exactly how deadly this rebellion could get. Because... It wasn't like they were just fighting a force of 300. They were fighting a force of slightly smaller size than their own ranks, but Mm -hmm. they readily defended against them. They destroyed one of the bridges that was the um, easiest way of getting from upper to lower Amaksa. Wow. Yeah. So, on the 2nd of January, 1938, now is the year we're in. 16. I, God, I need to get these numbers right. 1638. It's I'm pretty not. Sure by uh, 1938,
1: the Emperor Meiji was already dead.
0: Yeah, and Tokugawa Shogunate had been long over by then. Um, yep. That's the end of the episode, everybody.
1: congratulations we made it we're in the modern era
0: we're here we go from the battle of hondo to uh, the second sino-japanese war instantly (laughs) (laughs) where was the first one good question (laughs) but at any rate my numerical fallacies aside The 2nd of January 1638. There was a 10,000 strong advance on Shiki Castle and Tomioka Castle. So from what I read, the uh, advance on Shiki Castle kind of. Fell out like immediately after it began. And they decided to go towards Tomioka Castle as a consolidated force. Um, On the 4th of January, there were refugees who arrived outside of Tomioka Castle. Because uh, Tomioka Castle, before it could be besieged, they held themselves up in there. The uh, imperial forces. So yeah, some refugees arrive on January 4th, and uh, they were denied entry into the castle because the castle guard believed they might be Christian arsonists. And the forces in Tomioka Castle set fire to their own rice stores in the event that their castle was claimed because that's that's denying your enemy the eventual spoils of war
1: scorched earth policy
0: yes so like they might have been starving themselves out but it's kind of uh for the glory of the empire kind of thing like you might be able Mm -hmm. to take us out but uh if you try and stay here we're going to make sure you're not going to be able to last long
1: this victory is useless
0: yes if, if you can't eat, there's no point in winning. Yep. But ultimately, the rebels failed to take Tomioka. Instead, they stole boats from Tomioka, and they set sail for Hara Castle. On the... Well, so Hara Castle is uh, where they would end up making their last stand. On the 8th of January, Matsukura returned with a force of imperial troops. He returned to Shimabara Castle and they never actually broke through the inner city wall for Shimabara Castle, which is a good point in Matsukura's eyes because like, oh, yeah. That's what daddy built this castle for to be able to okay. withstand troop or we able to withstand enemy troops. God, I really wish I didn't flub that so hard. <laughs> all them taxes
1: finally made a difference.
0: Y'all. Yep. And you know, to think that castle was the reason for all of this. Yeah. It's
1: you, you know, like, there was there was at least one rebel trying to break through those walls being like, dang, if only I hadn't paid so much rice.
0: Yeah, <laughs> like I there's there's so much irony there. <laughs> but so, yeah, on on the way towards Hara, because they they knew where the rebels were going. They they. Uh, Matsakura and his imperial force tried to uh and they did gather more troops from scattered groups that had skirmishes with the rebels
1: mm-hmm.
0: so Hara Castle was at this point really old and out of use, and at this point in time, it didn't even show up on government maps wow yeah so like that's that's how old this castle that they went to was but it had some natural defenses to aid in them being able to hole up in it so Hada was essentially an island in all but name you had... So it was basically a big rock on the end of an isthmus. And to the north and south, you had craggy cliffs. To the east, you had the ocean. And to the west, you had a marsh. And the marsh's waters weren't very deep. They were only about ankle level, which it's not enough to stop an advancing army, but it's enough to slow an advancing army and Mm -hmm. potentially prevent... Horses from making it through. Right. And the rebels were first to arrive. So they beat the Imperial forces to the area. And they really, they showed that they had no intent of leaving Hara because they cannibalized their boats in making fortifications to their would-be fortress. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, They converted some of the boats into huts that they were using. They chopped down a lot of bamboo to make watchtowers and patch holes in the castle walls.
1: So they're really fortifying, preparing to make a last
0: stand. Oh, yeah. So when they... When the imperial forces get to Hara Castle, they are being led by a man named Itakura Shigemasa, not to be confused with Matsukura Shigemasa. Uh, I'm going to be referring to him as Itakura. So, Itakura understood that the shogunate's official policy was to starve out the rebels. Mm-hmm. So they were essentially just playing the waiting game, waiting for these rebels to run out of food, at which point they would either die or surrender. Didn't really matter because the fighting would be over once they were out of food. Mm-hmm. But the rebels pretty quickly caught on to that being the strategy they were going to go with. And the rebels taunted the imperial troops. (laughs) And on the 2nd of February, and just the amount of time that passes here. But yeah, on the 2nd of February, uh, samurai began to fire muskets at the rebels at which point the rebels returned fire. And it's at this point that Itakura begins rethinking his orders, and he states, uh, once again, this is a long quote, so please bear with me, quote, When we consider the spirit of the assailants, we see that it is useless to spend the time besieging the place. And more, if this place is not quickly taken, there is no doubt that the villagers in the adjacent counties will rebel. And should the news that the work is not progressing reach the shogun, he will be displeased. Tonight, then, let a shout be raised on all sides and observe how it affects those within the castle. And then let the place be stormed. Mm. Yeah, going uh, real hard against the shogun's policy of weight. Mm-hmm. Generally, going against orders doesn't turn out well. And this is no exception to that. Oh, really? Uh, yes. So, Shigemasa... Sorry, Itakura he um he orders an assault to happen the next day and uh it does not go well rebel marksmen drop 200 of the imperial siege party wow yeah
1: so they were ready
0: yes uh there's there's no note of the rebel casualties in this but i assume it's meager at best <laughs> and so yeah that's the third of february on the sixth sixth of february so between the third and the sixth nothing really happens but on the sixth a yabumi or an arrow letter is sent from the castle into the imperial encampment Hmm. and it read roughly that uh the rebels were there to sacrifice their lives for their religion But inside the castle, food and water stores were already running low. Mm. And they only asked that. The Imperial forces forgive the wives and children. Of the men who were in Hada Castle. And give around 10,000 of those wives and children a piece of land, at which point those requests being met. The remainder of the men in. Hara would cut off their heads and surrender their names to posterity. Wow. But that's probably not. From the official party, it's probably from a faction within the castle that was ready to surrender. Hmm. And. Itakura definitely read the writing on the wall. In his mind, this wasn't really about religion. This was about going over Matsukura's head and getting an official government inspector to come down and see the wanton persecution of not Christians, but just people. Mm -hmm. in the Shimabara domain in order to get a replacement for Matsukura. One who probably wouldn't tax them to death. Literally tax them to death.
1: Makes sense.
0: Yep. But so there's not a lot that goes on between the 6th of February and the 13th of February. However, on the 14th of February... Itakura had scheduled for a new assault because he had gotten word from his underlings that the replacement for him as the head of the Imperial Force was already coming down from Edo. Oh, wow. Yeah, because, I mean, they've been at this for... Close to a month now.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. And. They had gained no ground. It's sure there are a lot of people in this castle, but it's just people in a castle.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: How have you not gotten your work done already? But so Itakura was determined to win before his replacement got there. And on the 14th of February, Itakura led a charge against Hara. And despite heavy losses, the charge was actually doing pretty well. Until it wasn't.
1: There it is.
0: His banner, his bannerman was killed, his banner was broken, his spear was broken. So he was fighting with just his sword. And uh, the, the rebels kind of read the room. They read the battle and uh, shoot the guy in the fancy black armor. <laughs> so a bullet entered his left side and went through his entire body cavity. And that killed him on the battlefield. Wow. So the leader of the Imperial forces is dead.
1: That's a pretty big victory.
0: Yes. But again, his replacement was already on the way, and it's not like the Imperial forces were hurting for numbers. Yeah. It's literally the entirety of Japan is at the shogun's beck and call. He can send any number of people from any domain under any daimyo to go and assist in fighting this rebel force. So winning the battle but you're still fighting a war of attrition. So um that uh that arrow letter that I mentioned before.
1: Mhm.
0: Historically looking back, it was a uh, half truth half lie. They were there to sacrifice their lives for Christianity. But on the 6th of February, they weren't running out of food or water. They had enough of everything to last them about another two months. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so so that's... Oh, no. Go on. Go ahead. So was that
1: like strategically trying to force this guy's hand?
0: Well, again... We're
1: desperate. We're about to all die anyway. Bring it
0: well again that's uh it's it's thought that the arrow letter was sent from a faction who wasn't really on with the whole we're all going to die here train mm-hmm. so it's it's not really known cuz mm. again there's a lot of this that historically is just gray so this state of affairs continues for about two more months with there's a few sieges, nothing happens. At one point they had uh Nicholas Kukebacher,
1: mm-hmm.
0: who was uh in charge of the Dutch factory in Hirado. The uh the shogunate endless help from him to get a Dutch ship to lay cannon fire on Hara Castle and they do that for about a week or two yeah. but again nothing happens it's it's pretty eventful but it's also entirely uneventful these two months
1: hmm.
0: but eventually there is a traitor in the midst one yamada emonsaku so he on the 12th of april gets out and he tells the imperial forces that uh inside hara castle they were outside of both or outside they were out of both food and gunpowder. oh, So they can't eat and they can't fight back anymore. Except with swords and spears, but...
1: All close combat.
0: Yep, and while a lot of these men are former samurai, you do have some who are just farmers.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And even if they're former samurai, they're old. Like you're talking about men in their 50s and 60s.
1: Not in the same shape they were at Sekigahara.
0: Exactly. So on the 12th of April, the Imperial forces stormed the castle and they captured the outer defenses. And battling would continue until the 15th of April when the rebel forces were routed. And so I want to give a scale of the fighting forces here. The Imperial forces numbered one hundred and twenty five thousand. The rebels. There were somewhere between thirty seven thousand and forty seven thousand within Hada Castle, wow, but. Not all of them were fighters. Mm. Um, it's probably only about 27,000 or so that are actually fighting. The others are those women and children. So that goes into the give some 10,000 of them land. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's where these estimates come from, because it's also not really known. Like how many there are.
1: But either way, they're vastly outnumbered.
0: Yes. And so after the. Rebel forces are routed. All of them, except Yamada Emonsaku, the sole traitor, mm-hmm. All of them are beheaded. And they had trouble identifying Amakusa Shiro's head. But um, his mom identified his body and then his head for them. After which point, his head was publicly displayed in Nagasaki. I didn't see how long it was displayed for, but it was displayed And yeah, that's where the Shimabara Rebellion ended.
1: They gave so it a good try.
0: They did. They, I mean, December to April—that's that's a five-month rebellion, yeah, against against the government of Japan,
1: yeah that involved both sides attempting to siege a castle.
0: Yes. So. Yeah, they they gave it a good go. Unfortunately, they failed and. This event kind of. Further set the stage for the state of Christianity in Japan. Mm. So after this, which was the only large-scale uprising against the Japanese government until the 1860s. Uh because there were so many Christians involved.
1: Mhm.
0: Christianity was already illegal, but they put more limitations on it 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 was also suspected that um, European Catholics were involved in this there's no evidence supporting that but imperial suspicion is enough that you need yeah and so Portuguese traders were driven out of Japan entirely and this is where you have the Sakoku fully implemented so outside of the Dutch traders there is no foreign influence in Japan and the reason they allowed the Dutch traders is because the Dutch just wanted money they weren't going to meddle in the affairs of the Japanese government they had they had proven their loyalty by assisting in the siege of hara castle wow yes so, before I get into today's cliffhanger, what of Matsukura Shigetsugu? He was found out as being abusive towards uh, his people through taxing them heavily, and he was executed. by uh, by the uh, government of Japan.
1: I guess they just. Called that fomenting rebellion.
0: Yeah, um, he so... was the he was the only daimyo to be executed. In this way. During the entirety of the Tokugawa Shogunate. Wow. Yes. Um, it's, um, so the, he was told to, uh, commit seppuku,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but he didn't. And the body of a peasant was found in his residence.
1: That's dishonorable.
0: Yep. That's why they beheaded him. Mm. They, they had already told him to step down, like, they had already replaced him. Mm hmm. And hey, yeah, you did you did bad stuff. Kill yourself for us, but he didn't do that, so he gets beheaded, which pretty good end for a person who was definitely a monster.
1: Yeah. So in a way, the um, rebels did end up getting what they wanted.
0: In a way, but unfortunately none of them lived to see it. And yeah. this actually devastated several communities in both Shimabara and Amaksa because you would have entire villages in this mob and they executed the entire mob.
1: Mm. So you're all going to die because you rebelled against us, but we are going to give
0: you what you wanted. Essentially, that's what happens, yeah, hmm it um it worked in a way.
1: I guess we can call that a victory.
0: small victory posthumous victory. yeah but so in spite of that, we do have a not so good ending today. Oh. So because all of the Portuguese traders were driven out of the country, you now have not even a secret influence of Christianity in Japan. And so the remaining Japanese Christians were forced to go into hiding and practice their religion in secret. And that is where I want to pick up for part three talking about Japan's hidden Christians. Oh, yeah. Should be an interesting topic. I think so. So, Logan, any other uh, thoughts for today? No, not really.
1: I mean, that pretty much covered it all. It it didn't, but yeah, you know uh, what I mean,
0: in spite of glossing over things, we I the major points. Yeah, I I think my uh, research is pretty comprehensive, but of of course, I do recommend anyone who is more interested in this topic to look more into the Sima Butter Rebellion.
1: Always. That goes for any topic that we cover.
0: Yes. And this one, it might be a little difficult to uh, get the full research. But, like with everything, if you look hard enough, you can find it.
1: Yep. It's out there.
0: Yep. Uh, So, at any rate, I think that's a good calling point for uh, today. Oh yeah. Okay, so as always, you can find us on Facebook at again. I can't give us a Facebook username for some reason. It will not let me. I try every other day, but it won't let me. <laughs> but I've given it my first shot
1: of tries as well, and now it's it's not working.
0: Yeah, for some reason, but. You can find us on Facebook at cognitive history and give us a like, I update that page pretty regularly whenever we are about to do recording. And whenever I publish an episode, I post the Spotify link. Sorry if you listen on one of our other services that we are published on. But we're not, um, not
1: biased, we're just a little lazy. (laughs)
0: Yeah, I, I'm not comfortable posting like six links. It's too much. It's too much work for me. And of course, if you have any suggestions or questions or things you want us to correct. Please email us. Our email is cognitive history podcast at gmail.com literally the easiest most memorable thing we could get for an email. And with that being said, I hope everyone has a good weekend night I'm not sure when I'm gonna get this posted exactly I think I usually get posted on Monday morning so have a good week oh yeah and we will see you in about two weeks with the next episode on Japan's hidden Christians everyone have a good one bye